The following podcast is rated D for dumb. You're listening to Dumbing It Down with Dave, the fastest podcast on earth. Listen to Dave commute to and from work on the New York State Thruway in his 2008 Kia Rio LX. He talks about pragmatism, truth, happiness, and the search for it all. Join Dave as he asks and tells you how life ought to be. And now, here's Dave. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dumbcast. My name is Dave Canyon. I know, isn't it great? Oh, it's so exciting. It's great to be here. I'm glad to have you listening, paying attention, and doing what you do. So relax, get tense, eat, drink, be merry. It's Sunday. Merry Christmas. Or I like to refer to it as Merry Chrismonica. Merry Chrismonica. Because I celebrate both and I celebrate neither at the same time. So hello, everybody. Hello, dum-dums. It's so great to have you listening once again. It's so great to be performing for you and talking to you and sharing with you some thoughts and feelings as I do, as I do, as I record, perform, do whatever. I'm not going to get stuck on this craziness. The fastest podcast on earth. Welcome to the fastest podcast on earth. As I record this in my Kia Rio, as I'm heading home from work after day five, five days in a row of 16-hour days, uh, I had a snowstorm six days ago or seven days ago, so whatever you want to call it, last week, and last night was not that, so it was the total opposite. It was dry, it wasn't cold, it was warm, I, I had the same exact truck, but the, the windshield was repaired, was smooth and clean and not pitted, everything worked on it, it was fantastic. So it was total opposite of the week before. And uh, it's just great. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be going home. Not because it's Christmas. I'm just excited to go home. Uh, To be honest with you, Christmas and Hanukkah really mean nothing to me. Most holidays mean nothing to me. My birthday means nothing to me. You know, whatever it is. Labor Day, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Arbor Day, Easter Day. You know, whatever day. Day by day, Doris Day. Although Doris Day I happen to like. I mentioned her a couple of episodes ago. Um... But most days are insignificant to me. I'm just happy to be breathing, and that's that's me being a pragmatic. You can be a pragmatic any way you want. Uh, the way I'm a pragmatic is every day is a 24-hour day. That's it, and I, I just live. And I, you know, somebody wants me to be excited for them, I do the best I can. If I can't do it, I fake it for them. I'm, a pro- I'm probably about to go home and fake cheer for my wife and my son. You know, the, with the presents under the tree. Yes, I got her a present. It's what she always wants. She always wants something warm, like pajamas or slippers or robes. I mean, she's got an insane collection of things that keep you warm. It's insane. Blankets. It's just it's just an absolutely insane. I mean, I, I also get her propane heat. <laughs> we got two large tanks. I don't know how many gallons they are, but they never go empty. The propane heat. You think that would be enough. But, of course, when you're not a pragmatic, it's not enough. When you're a pragmatic, it's plenty. I always feel like I've done plenty. All right, listen, I want to get to this uh, dumb cast here because I have a lot. This is actually very rare. It's a semi-prepared episode. I have notes. Uh, I got my glasses on if I have to, uh, to read these notes while I'm driving. So if this dumb cast wasn't dangerous enough as uh, just doing a dumb cast with a phone in my left hand, the steering wheel in my right hand. By the way, this is all, you know, 
uh, you know, theater, theater of the mind. I, none of this is true because, you know, just in case I go to court for some horrible reason. This is all just make-believe, you know, like that um, well, well, that uh, Pure Prairie uh, companion uh, theater. You know, they, they make up all those noises. Yeah. Oh, there's a horse in the, in the car. Oh, my God. How did that horse come through here? Oh my God! He sounds terrible. You have a sore who's uh, you have a sore throat there, horsey. Okay, all right. Uh, don't uh, you don't have to worry about uh, talking. See, there's a horse in my car. Go figure. Theater of the mind. None of this is really happening. Anyway, uh, so I got I got some stuff I really want to get to today. It's going to be power packed. It's going to be a power packed uh, episode. Let me see. Let me let's see. Let me 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 see if I can get to it. All right. This is episode 48, by the way. Wow. 48 with 52 from 100. I'm going to start announcing that. Actually, I wanted to do uh, each episode a different number uh, in a different language because I did Cuarenta y Seis or Cinco a couple episodes ago, and I really made it, I was going to make it a point, obviously I didn't, to find a different way to say the number of the show in a different language every episode. So I'm going to try to get to it. Hey, do you have a favorite language? Do you have a favorite language that isn't English? Well, how about emailing me? At dumbing it down with Dave at yahoo.com or tweeting at me uh, at dumb with Dave at dumb with Dave or you could just leave a note in the comments section if you're using uh, well yeah you could do it on the phone app uh, on the Spreaker app or you could uh, do it at the, the desktop laptop it doesn't matter then give me a language uh, that you like and see if maybe you could put uh, type a couple of numbers there for me yeah if you could do the research for me that would be great you know whatever language you want and uh, if you can spell it phonetically. So next episode is 49. In Spanish, it's 49. Or is it 40 and 9? Is it 49? It might be. Uh, so not Roman numerals and not English and not sign language. I can't can't do sign language on a podcast. So, yeah, if you have a language you prefer, uh, even if it's Klingon, I don't care. Uh, let me know and I'll say 49, 50, 51 and all that other stuff. All right. So that'd be fun. I'd like to share with you different languages uh, different numbers and all that stuff. So we always try to have a learning experience at the same time, have fun, right? Is that what we do? That's what we do here. And dumbing it down with Dave, you know, try to keep it real dumb. Uh, so this episode, I'm going to call this episode number 49. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Stop it. It's ridiculous. So what am I referring to? Why are you crying? Let me get to it real quickly here. Um, the other day, I'm watching Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert is one of you know. There's only a couple of late night shows. Obviously, there's three uh, at 11:30. Then there's you know two uh, at 12:30. So Stephen Colbert is one of my favorite uh, out of all of them. I mean, I, I enjoy them all. Fallon, uh, James Corden, they're they're all okay. They're all fine. They're all the you know, they're all okay. But uh, Stephen Colbert, I. I, I I like his twist on things. Uh, whatever. I think he was a perfect replacement for David Letterman. That's another show. Anyway, I mean, actually, he has done a couple of bits recently, which I did not laugh at. I did not find it funny. Um, and it wasn't political. It just, I think he just missed. But it doesn't matter. You, you miss every so often. Carson missed. Letterman missed. Everybody misses. Okay, so, listen. This podcast was a big miss the first 20 episodes. Um which reminds me, I got to get to DIDWD minus forty. Okay, so we'll we'll see if we can get to that. Uh, that would be episode eight because this is episode forty-eight. What was the name of it? Oh, uh, I'm exhausted and I can't shut up. Oh, let's just do it. We're already into it. Uh, no, DIDWD minus forty. I'm exhausted and I can't shut up. Um, 
It was one of the first longer ones, like 58 minutes, almost an hour. And I was exhausted. I was out of my mind. I was yawning like crazy. Let me tell you something, folks. If you don't listen to the first 20, if you're new to the podcast and you missed the first 20 episodes, you don't have to go back. Uh, I almost would, you know, hope the speaker would lose them. Lose my podcast, you know, instead of lose my number. Lose my podcast. But um, anyway, it's... It's an interesting study on uh, on uh, sleep deprivation and brain degradation. If you can, if you can do that, deprivation and degradation. That's really the name of the dumb cast. The first twenty episodes, sleep depri- deprivation and human uh, brain degradation. That's was supposed to be the name, but I never got it. I thought dumbing it down with Dave would be a lot easier to remember and a lot easier to pronounce, obviously. Uh, so listen to me yawn. Listen to me go on and on and repeat myself and. Oh, it's painful to listen to, even for me. And I love me. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's it. D-I-D-W-D minus 40. That's episode 8. We're 52 from 100, and I mention that because I have plans for episode 100. I already do. I'm going to try, as, as I always do, I'm going to try to prepare episode 100. It might be a three-episode arc. Episode 100, 101, 102. I'm just going to tease you. I'm not going to give you the name. I already know the name of the dumb cast. Uh, and I have reasons to wait for 100. Everything is really to get from here to 100 at this point. You know, any money I put into this dumb cast, any staffing. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can wait on staffing. i got to get some help. But, um, oh, there goes that Sunday morning sun. Boy, sometimes I get so lucky with this weather, but that sun right in my face. It's gonna, I'm going to have one of those uh, left side tans like a Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember they had that left side, uh, the half side uh, tan from the, the, the alien spaceship that was uh, whatever. So you remember that. That was a long time ago, like 1977, which a lot of my references are. Because I'm going to prob- probably be referencing the movie Network later this dumb cast and Patty Chayefsky, who I think was either the author of the book, if there was a book, or at the very least he wrote the screenplay, Patty Chayefsky Network, one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Why am I calling this show Why Are You Crying? I should actually call it Stop Your Crying. Stop Your Whining. It doesn't matter what you call it, but you get it. What inspired that? So I'm watching Stephen Colbert. Oh, yeah, that's why I was talking about Stephen Colbert. And he had a show. It was either one show or two separate shows. I can't remember. My memory's doing horrible. Uh, it's getting better, but it's doing horrible. Um, he had Michael Stipe on. Michael Stipe. You know who that is? That's the lead singer from REM. REM, the band. Um, big hit band. They were a band. I'll give you a little uh, Wikipedia here. They were a band. Here's my semi-prepared. They were a band from 1980 to 2011. 31 years, they were a band. I think they were a big hit early on, and then they kind of faded out because, you know, uh, U2 and Bono, uh, they got they became the, the big, big socially conscious, socially aware band. But they were a band for 31 years. In uh, 1987, they had that hit, It's the End of the World. It's the end of the world as we know it. You know that song? I'm not going to sing anymore, folks. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to try not to sing, but I'm going to have to. And then um, 1991, they had Losing My Religion. Do you remember that? Losing My Religion. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. And then um, what did I write here for 1992? Um, what did I write here for 1992? Uh, Ever Been Hurt. Oh, everyone, everyone's been hurt. That's a really sad song. Everybody hurts. Everybody loves to hear Dave sing poorly. <laughs> it's the worst. 
<laughs> the worst. Okay. So they had three big hits. All right? Made a lot of money. And this is why I'm upset. Because as a guest, Michael Stipe was on the Stephen Colbert show. And I've been seeing a lot of this. A lot of this since the election has been over. All right? We all know the results of the electoral. or We all know the popular vote. But I got to tell you, what's done is done. Well, Dave, that's easy for you to say. Your guy won. No, my guy bailed out. My guy did not win. I voted for the guy that won, but that wasn't my guy. My guy was the guy that said at the very, very, very first presidential debate, I'm tired of talking about Hillary's emails. Who cares about Hillary's emails? Oh, and by the way, I just want to give away the entire election to Hillary because that's that's my move. That's all right. That's what happened. As soon as Bernie said, "I'm sick and tired of talking about Hillary's email," it's a debate, Bernie. It doesn't matter. You got to win. You got to be tough. You got to be strong. And it was out there. It wasn't like you went and created it. It wasn't like you were doing something subversive. Is that the word? It wasn't like you would you would have done anything wrong. It was a huge thing. And if you really wanted to win, Bernie, you wouldn't have given in. That was when I when I saw him say that, I said, up, oh, primary over. I said it to my wife. I said it to anybody that would listen. If I was doing a dumb cast at the time, I don't know if I was doing a dumb cast at the time, but if I was and I was talking about the election, then I would have said it. I might not have even mentioned it. But so you're gonna have to just trust me. You don't have to trust me. I'm telling you. I said primary over you just gave it to Hillary because that's really what you got and he never he never you know recuperated after that he had a lot of steam going and then at the end at the very very end should have never said I concede should have said you know what I'm going up as a third party candidate I'm going up there because between now and the actual election a lot can happen and guess what a lot did happen and guess what well listen for me it wasn't about Bernie winning. It, it needs to be about Bernie winning. It needs about a, to be about any candidate winning. But what I really took away before he conceded that comment to Hillary, and definitely before he conceded the entire primary to Hillary, was that he was trying to show the world that it's not a two-party system. That you can be an independent. You can be a free thinker. You can be a pragmatic. You can be, well, even being a socialist. I understand all that. I don't want Jack to call me later on. You know he's a socialist because he always likes to remind me. I know. I know what his politics was. I didn't care. I wanted somebody different. That's why I voted for Barack Obama in 2004. I wanted change. He had me convinced he could do it. And I wasn't voting for Hillary then. And I didn't vote for her now because she's never shown me vision. This is not what I wanted to do for a dumb cast today. I didn't want to go back. But I, my man was Bernie. I was going for that guy. Not because he's Jewish or supposedly Jewish. Not for any reason. Because that is totally not the reason. Uh, I've never voted for anybody based on religion. I'm not religious. I could care less. I voted because I, I liked his intensity. I liked his honesty. I liked his, his, uh, his, his passion. And a lot of candidates have passion or compassion. I just, he had me. He had me. 
And then he lost me. And now it's like, you know, it, it, the whole thing was about the movement of the third party to break the, the skid, this thing with Republican and Democrat, Republican and Democrat. Every, ever since they got rid of the Whigs and whatever else, it's been how many years now of two parties, which a lot of times is the same party. Anyway, so easy for me to say because my guy won. My guy didn't win, but the guy I vote for won because I couldn't vote for her. No way, no how. That's another dumb cast. So Michael Stipe, so oh, so if Hillary did win, you know what I would have said? I would have said, okay, I got to go to work. You, you could not believe me or uh, whatever you want to do. I'm telling you, and anybody who knows me knows that that's true. All right, Hillary won. Guess what? My life goes on. My life goes on and it won't change one bit because nothing she was going to do was going to change my life. Medicare, uh, medical care wasn't going to get cheaper. It probably was going to get more expensive. The Second Amendment, abortion, uh, immigration, none of that affects me. None of it. Not directly. So you can make a case for indirectly, but I don't live by indirectly. I live by directly. Maybe a little indirectly. I understand. I'm not trying to be one of those guys that is so hard-headed that he doesn't see the forest for the trees. I see the forest for the trees. I'm in the forest. I get it. I absolutely get it. So, you got to have to trust me on that. These things don't phase me. Mayors, governors, nothing. You know what phases me? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Anyway, if we get to it, I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you in a second. And by the way, last episode, uh, I said, uh, by the way, and I was going to tell you something later, and I never got to it. I'll try, I remembered what it was, and I'll try to get to it. I don't know if we're going to have time. I've gone on too long already about this topic. So, Michael Stipe comes on the Stephen Colbert show. First guest, I think. It doesn't matter. And they're talking, blah, 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 blah. He's got a wacky beard on. I don't care about the beard. I don't care what he looks like. I didn't care about R.E.M. back then, and I don't care now. I don't hate his music. His music was good enough. Good songs. He was the singer-songwriter, Michael Stipe. Talented individual. I could never do what he's done. I could never write. I could never perform. I could never sing. I could never tour. All of that that he's done, I am incapable of doing. I I, uh, I succumb. I, uh, I give in. I'm not nearly as talented. This dumb cast will never be what REM was to America and to the world. I get it. Hit records. Popularity. I get it. He's very emotional. He writes these songs. I get it. He sold a lot of records. And he made a lot of money. He did a lot of touring. A lot. For 31 years, these people did very well. And I got upset. And I'm going to talk about somebody else too. Because they came on Stephen Colbert, talk, 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 talk. And then he says this, and I'm paraphrasing, I think is the word I'm using. I'm going to use, paraphrasing. You know, and I've heard this so many times and I'm sick of it. You know, Stephen, 2016 was a very tough year for us. It's a very tough year for me, very tough year for all of us. And, you know, he was alluding to the, the election results. And, you know, and, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert empathizes with him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. And I was like, really? The two of you? Really? I'm not going to chastise Stephen Colbert. I don't have time for that. And it's not because I like him or I like a show. He's just as equally as guilty. But let me tell you something about Michael Stipe and R.E.M., all right? 31 years of rock and roll. 31 years of selling records. This is when they sold records, by the way. 31 years of touring the world. This guy 
has made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, my entire listening audience, which is about 10 people, maybe. In November was 318 people. I think that number is going up. I don't understand how Spreaker does that. November's been over for uh, 25 days, but yet my November listens go up and up and up. It's very interesting. i got to ask somebody about that. So, this guy has the nerve to sit there in his retirement because the brand, the band broke up in 2011 and he goes on and he is pushing a book with no pages. Some kid's book, I think it was. I don't even know. Some book without pages because he's such an artist. He's so open-minded and creative. Why did I do the infeminate voice? I'm just being funny. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not insinuating anything. Nothing that probably isn't already true, and I don't even know. And I don't care. I don't know care what his, his truths are. The truth is, it was not a tough year for Michael Stipe. Not at all. No way. I'm sorry, folks. You get to a certain level of financial success, the world's problems do not affect you. Unless it hits you on the head, unless a, a volcano blows up and burns you to ashes, unless, you know... I, 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 there's so many unlesses. You hit a certain financial number. Is it a million? I don't even know. I don't know what the number is. But I'm sure Michael Stipe, the lead singer, singer-songwriter, that means he owns the music. He owns the lyrics. Publishing, ask anybody in the music business, Linda, you must know this. And by the way, for those of you who are new to the show, I mention these names because these are people who have been contributing in the comments section. So if you want to go back to you know the last 47 episodes, look in the comments section. You'll see Linda is from Awesome Insanity Surfers. Uh, Jack is a, a friend of mine. Um, there's Todd, who's a friend of mine. Uh, maybe not after this show, but I always say that. And uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of people who have commented on my show. So look in the comments, and uh, these are the names. Uh, awesome Insanity Surfers is a is a podcast that uh, is, is very funny. You should listen to it. It's totally uh, insane. Okay, so uh, it's Linda and Dawson. They do it. Uh, so, you know, that's publishing, big money, big money. Please, please don't go on late night television. Please don't go on the, in the papers and do interviews. Please don't say what a tough year it's been for you in 2016. Please, please. You want to know, you want tough? Driving the snowstorm I drove in last week with a set of doubles. Do that. All right? Do that. Do, work outdoors in the freezing temperature. Deal with the traffic of the George Washington Bridge, Throgs Neck Bridge, Cross Bronx Expressway, the Long Island Dragway. Deal with the, 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 the lunacy I got to deal with every day. Five days a week, 80 hours a week. Deal with that, Michael Stipe. Tell me 2016 was a tough year for you. All right? Go after yourself. Done. All right. I mean, uh, just crazy. What else did I write here? Okay, and, they, and I got more to talk about him. Here's another person. It was either the same show. Oh, yeah, yeah, 23 minutes. I'm not going to get to anything. Same show or a different show. It doesn't matter. Megan Mullally comes on. Megan Mullally from Will and Grace. I think she was Karen in Will and Grace. All right? From 1998 to 2006. Eight years that show was on the air. 188 episodes. If she got paid $10,000... Yeah, it does come down to money. Yes. Yes. Don't say it doesn't, because it does. When you make enough money, 
You don't do the things that poor people do. When you make enough money, you don't do the things that middle class people do. When you have enough money, you do things that other people can only dream of. For instance, appearing as a guest on Late Night with Stephen Colbert. Go F yourself. Really. Take something hot and something hard and stick it where it hurts. BS, I'm calling. A little angry today. Yeah, I know. If she got paid $10,000 an episode, that means after 188 episodes, she would have been, uh, she would have made $1,880,000 for eight years of work, folks. None of you who are listening to the show, as far as I know, are millionaires. Can you imagine that in the next eight years, you might make $1,880,000? Forget what you have to do to make it. Like, pretend you're somebody you're not. And read lines that a writer wrote for you. All you have to do is show up. They put you in costume. They put you in makeup. I know, because I've done commercials and I've done movies. Not big movies. Not movies that make you $10,000 an episode. Which, by the way, is a number I made up. You want to know what she really made? Well, I read an article while I was doing research for the show. That... She eventually, in 2005, I guess the year before it went off, so for the last two years, she made as much as the star. She was a co-star. There were four primaries. There were two, it was Deborah, uh, uh, whatever, McCormick and Deborah Messing. They were making up from 400000 an episode. They were making, at the end, $600,000 an episode. At 23 episodes a year. Do the math. All right? That's probably about 7200000 a year. Kissing and tuches Iran, as they say in Yiddish. Kissing and tuches. You're making that much money? $7 million a year? 10 years ago? You got a little savings left over, maybe? Can you hook a brother up? Kiss my ass. So Megan Mullally goes on and tells her story about, I cried, Stephen, I cried. She cried. She cried. She met, she she was so wealthy, she's so famous, she was at a gala, a gala where she met President Barack Obama. And she said to, she was crying, she admitted this, you can go on YouTube and see it. I was crying, I said, please don't leave. We, she said, we don't want you to leave. We who? We you, not we me, we you. I don't care if he leaves or stays. I'm not going to cry. $7 million in your last year of co-starring on a 23-episode hit NBC sitcom? Kiss my tuchus. And then she went and she marries Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, who was on that show for, I don't know how many years, four years? No. No. More than that. And he made like 30, uh, 30 yeah, uh, 2009 to 2015, six years of Parks and Rec, 30000 an episode. Apparently his net worth is $4 million, I read. Son of a bitch, two minutes, 45 seconds to go. So money married money. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to tell you is this. You want to cry? You're middle class? You're poor? You want to cry? Listen, you want to cry about politics? Go ahead. I think it's insane. You want to whine about it? You want to not to be able to accept it? Accept the truth for what it is? It's done. I don't care who won. It's done. You got to get on with your life. Holy cow.
Oh, it's been a terrible year. <laughs> all right, listen. <laughs> Get out in the workplace and tell me about your, your, your terrible year. All right? You make a certain amount of money. You know how they say if you don't vote, you can't complain? You make a certain amount of money, you, you got to keep, keep quiet. Go on your yacht. Go on your fancy car. I know they don't all own yachts, but you know what I'm saying. You, you, you don't go to the presidential gala driving a Kia Rio. Okay? I don't pull up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and have the Secret Service valet take my Kia keys. Doesn't work. You go in a limo, in a tux, in a gown. Kiss my ass. And by the way, some more information. These people made their money, all right? They got their success and made their money during the George Herbert Walker Bush era. 1989 to 1993. That's when REM got big. They started in 87 and got big until 91, pretty much. Then I think they coasted the last 20-some-odd years. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a fan. They're the music I like to listen to on the way to listen to what I really wanted to listen to. One minute to go. Then there was Clinton, and then at the end, there was W. And he was president from 2001 to... Well, that can't be the 2009, but whatever it is. What did I write down? You know who, you know when he was president. So there was George Walker Bush, Clinton, and then there was W. And these people made their money during those Republican eras. What does that mean? It means nothing. They just made their money, and now they're... All right. I had so much more to do. It's one of those days I should do a second dumb cast. Maybe I will. All right, folks. That was uh, part one. Part one of Why Are You Crying? I'll do part two. Goodbye. Good day. Good night. Good luck. Good riddance. Godspeed and great skills. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to listen to Comedy Pipe. Comedy Pipe. Pipe Dream. ComedyPipe.com. Thank you. Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock. Listen, live. Bye.